And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network covering IU women's basketball. This is our 86th episode recorded on Sunday, November 26th. I am your host, Kathy Amos, and I'm joined today by my ever trusty co-host, Jeff Marlowe. And tonight we are going to break down our number 21 or number 19 Indiana Hoosiers win from yesterday, 72-63 win over Princeton in Fort Myers. That brings the record now to five and one. But first, we will start our show as we start every show, and that's with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And Jeff, for me, um, I don't have the exact time written down in the game, but for me, I think I'm going back to yesterday when when McKenzie made her um, – probably would have been her, what, 16th point, somewhere around there when she mm-hmm. scored her 15, 16 point to make her the second woman in Indiana history to go over 2,000 points in her career. So that is um, a really huge accomplishment for her. She is now only 360 points behind Tyra Buss to take over first place. Um, <clears throat> she is right on um, average to, to be able to, to catch her. So at the beginning of the year, not counting postseason, McKenzie needed to average 17.3 games points per game. She's currently averaging 17.8 points per game. So she's right on pace to be able to catch Tyra if she keep, continues on this way. So a huge accomplishment for McKenzie closing in on that 2,000-point um, mark in her career and surpassing it yesterday. To me, that just, again, shows how much, you know, and Coach Rhett um, highlighted this on his, his Twitter account when she broke that record yesterday how she's really grown as a, as a player in the five years. And that 2000 point is just another way to measure that. So for me, that was our Hoosier proud banner moment from yesterday. And as always, our banner moment is brought to you by home field apparel. There are presenting sponsor of the entire back home network that includes not only doing the work, but the assembly call and crimson cast as well. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating the products in current schools for their existing line. So you're bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that loves great collegiate gear. Right now, they have retro-inspired snapback hats available. And not only do you get quality apparel, but you're supporting an Indiana-based business that has its roots in the Kelly School of Business. So go to homefieldapparel.com, and if it's your first time there, you can use our promo code HOME23 to get 15% off your first order. But if you hurry, I'm thinking they might actually have a Black Friday special still going on. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's still going on, and they do. Okay, so you can get 20% off using their current code Black Friday. So once again, that website is homefieldapparel.com. We're one for the team. All right. So I think um, our big headline again was McKenzie Holmes surpassing that 2000 point mark. Her total now is at 2004. So just to give that total one more time. But Jeff, let me kick it over to you for your uh, Marlowe's musings. What's on your mind tonight? Um, Kathy, I kind of was going to go along with that, but there was also, I thought yesterday there was a couple, uh, uh, another part of that, uh, kind of the banner moment. I I just thought that, you know, the game that Sarah Scalia had yesterday was just overall, I mean, you don't want to point to the overall game, but, uh, at one point, I think she was four for four 
um, on threes in the first half. Yep. And I think that she just kind it. of the, mm-hmm. the, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about Sarah, I think, as we get deeper in the episode, but you know, what a great accomplishment for Mac. I mean, 2000 points. Um, you know, like you said, there, she's only the second Hoosier to get to that mark second, you know, IU women's player to get to that mark. Um, so I want to make sure if somebody's like, well, there's men who've gotten over 2000. Yeah. Okay. So second, <laughs> second, you know, female, second, second woman's player to get to that. Um, and with that, so, I, I will go with that. I thought that was a good one as well. So, but I, I just really thought, Kathy, and you were at the game yesterday. You were talking about when we were texting back and forth, physical game. Uh, and, 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 but Princeton was a solid team and this team got off to a really good start. And I thought that was a big key on Thursday, but also yesterday. And I think it really was something I got a feeling that was something that coach Morton talked about in the first, those few days between um, the game against Lipscomb and Tennessee, that one of the things they didn't do well out in Stanford was they got off to such a terribly slow start. And I thought that that was probably an emphasis against those two teams in Tennessee and, and Princeton, knowing how good they were going to be. And and I thought Coach Morin made a really good comment in her post game that I saw online. That not I didn't watch the post game online, but the the recap mm-hmm. of it where she said that you know that Princeton's a good team, and she yeah, you know and don't just assume that just in the, because they're in the Ivy that you know a Power Five team is just going to walk all over them. No, it, it is a. Yeah. Um, that is a solid team for those fans who don't remember or, did, or, or weren't along with us a couple years ago. This was a team, Princeton team, that took IU in the second round in Assembly Hall to basically the buzzer. So it is, you know, mm-hmm. she, that is a well-run team with some talent. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, and not only is Princeton, you know, two years ago took us down to to that last minute um, mark, but it, to your to your point, Coach Martin in her comments, she, she fully thinks that Princeton's, if they're not going to be this week, will be ranked at some point in the yeah. season. You know, they did just knock off Oklahoma, who's a ranked team, and they took UCLA down to the wire um, just about not quite a week prior to that and only lost to UCLA, a, narrow, a very highly ranked a top 10 team by only three points. So, um, yeah, so don't discount, um, Princeton at all. I think, you know, especially being able to watch them in person and I, you know, it was a small arena. So you got really up a close and and personal feel being really close to the court. It was, you could really tell how well coached they are, how cohesive they are as a team. And I think they're going to make a lot of noise in the Ivy league this year, for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, so, we were talking real quick. I mean, we're just to give you yeah. an example. We were kind of talking in the first half how much we'd done, how well we'd played against Caitlin Chin. I think she had four points mm-hmm. maybe in the first half. Yeah. And then the second half, she really found her game. And and, yeah. and and let's, you know, and remember for fans who weren't able to watch it yesterday. And I and I will say the live stream was actually a pretty good feed. It, there was no announcers. For those of you who didn't get a chance to see, no announcers. All you got really was the PA in the background. And by the way, shout out to whoever down there had the idea to have Chuck Crab come in and do the starting lineup for Indiana yesterday because Chuck is a longtime voice of the Hoosiers PA uh, has moved down to the Fort Myers area. But anyway, um, she, you know, they, they added down to five, I believe it got in the fourth quarter, you know, at one point there. So it was, it was not, yeah. even though it looked like a 13 point win, it was a game where Princeton made their run and Indiana had to be, ha- had to fight it off. Yeah, they, they made some people nervous. So maybe that's a good segue to talk about some of those pivotal plays that we saw throughout the game. So, Jeff, why don't you get us started? What is one of the pivotal plays that you you saw from the game yesterday? Um, I'm going to kind of just lump it all together. I thought much better 
in the fourth. And again, Sarah played well, don't get me wrong. But I thought the difference, or I should say difference, but I thought one of the big things was we we really pounded it into Mac in the second mm -hmm. half and especially the fourth quarter. Um, and I thought that was a big difference because I thought by the, especially in the second half, I thought Princeton got locked in a little better defensively. I thought first half they had some sp spots where they didn't get locked in. They, they left people open, primarily Sarah. And, and, and so we were able to um, get some things in, you know, from that. But in the second half, I thought we did a really good job of pounding the ball into Mac. And to me, that was a really pivotal part of the game was to make us to play inside out. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. And you could see again, you know, that became a point of emphasis. But I think we saw that, at least I felt we really saw that in the Stanford game in the fourth quarter. I thought we saw that again here in the, the second quarter, but having Sarah knocking down all those threes, you know, it made it harder for them to be able to double down on, mm -hmm. on McKenzie as much. But I think really not only were we making a better effort getting it to her, I think a good point of emphasis was for McKenzie. And we heard actually coach Morin a couple of times yell at McKenzie in the first half. You have to be quicker with that. It's because she was getting the ball and she was not being real decisive and the double team was coming. And by then it kind of locked her up, but you know, coach Morin must've, talked to her at halftime and she came out and I thought McKenzie made some really nice adjustments as well because, you know, she was quicker. She was either, you know, moving to the basket right away or turning around and looking to, to kick it back out. And Sarah made that a little more possible by kicking out her threes or hitting all of her threes. So um, for me on the other side of the ball, in terms of pivotal plays, I think when Princeton really locked down on that full court press, for us, I think that gave us a lot of trouble. And I know a lot of people will probably say, well, we never really turned it over. We always got it across. We didn't have any 10 second violations, but there were a lot of close calls. And <laughs> I, you know, again, I not knowing what it felt like on, on this live stream in the, in this, in the stadium, there was a lot of nervous Indiana fans. Like they were really, we were really sweating it out. You know, Princeton, like you said, got it back within six. Um, and we were getting really nervous in that that arena. Um, we could really tell that it seemed they were struggling at times to know where to throw the ball to break that press, um, who to get it to, making crisp passes. And there, there, even though we may not have turned it over, there were some really close ones that really could have gone the other way. And so for me, a big pivotal play, and it's something to keep an eye on, especially when we get to the Ohio State game, is when Princeton started pressing us. And then they really locked down and took us. Not only did they slow us down getting the ball across the half court line. I thought it really took us out of our half court set once we got it across too. And you saw a number of times that the shot clock then was getting out of five, six seconds. And we really had to, to get a shot off really quick. And it took us out of our, I think our whole offensive game um, for, you know, right around a quarter or so until they, they started figuring it out late in that, that fourth quarter. Yeah. I'm going to go along with that too. And I thought the big thing, um, <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, anyway, um, I thought the big thing on that was from our, at least per my perspective, I was a little surprised that once we were, all, we always taught, excuse me. Bless uh, you. Excuse me. Sorry, everybody. Um, but anyway, um, we always wanted our teams to attack that. Even though it was a little more half court, maybe two thirds court, 
uh, it wasn't full court pressure. And so they were really kind of just more than anything waiting for us to make a mistake, which we didn't. And I agree yeah. with you, Kathy. I thought, I thought that we just got stagnant in the half court after that. Even when we broke it and we just kind of waited for them to fall back into their zone, we got really stagnant against it. And we didn't move. We didn't get a you know, maybe one ball screen got set or something like that. We just didn't get any dribble drive. We didn't get any, any screens being set to get anything open. And I thought there was a lot of standing. But I was getting ready to say before I had my sneeze, um, we always wanted our teams to attack. And I got that from Coach Knight. I, you know, we mm-hmm. break the press, attack it, whether it's up the side or up into the middle. But once you break that first line and you can get it three on two, three on one, you know, we always wanted our teams to attack it. And I thought that we that was something we didn't do yesterday against that press was once we got it to the sideline or the middle, we just kind of were wait, willing for them to back up into their zone. Whereas I would have liked to see us attack it and maybe get yeah. a little bit, you know, some easy, like we did against Murray. And again, Murray and Princeton are not the same team, different level of talent. But that's what we did against Murray when they were trying to press us or trap us in the half court. We really attacked it. And I didn't think yesterday we attacked it as much, but yeah, kudos absolutely. to them. Absolutely agree. Um, what um, other pivotal plays for you um, sticks out, Jeff? Uh, there, I, I'm going to forget who it was, Kathy, so you may be able to help me. But there was a point there in the fourth – I think it was in the fourth quarter. Maybe it was late third quarter. I was getting a little nervous about the score – and I'm pretty sure it was Chloe got a big steal, kind of a, a tip out steal and was able to get a layup off of it and kind of like, and again, it's only two points, but I, it, it was one of those kind of steals like, okay, that, yeah. that I, I feel a little better now, at least for the next couple of possessions. Cause I just kind of felt like we were back on our heels a little bit. So, yeah. and again, I think I it was Chloe and I can't remember exactly it was whether Chloe. it was third quarter, fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that play and it was Chloe. Yes. That was going to be actually one that I brought up too. So <laughs> it definitely, um, um, I think stuck out for us. So, um, I think another pivotal play for me is again, just McKenzie at the beginning of the game, you know, she wasn't really looking too much to, to, to turn and, um, try to drive it as much, but what she really was doing was looking for her, um, for her, um, teammates. <laughs> So, you know, she ended up with four assists, which I thought was actually really a good number for her to have in that game um, where she was really looking for her teammates. And, you know, well, I think we'll talk a lot more in in numbers here later, but in overall, we had, you know, 20 assists as a team. Um, So all around, I just thought that was indicative of of the whole game. Again, they were really, you know, sharing the sugar as coach Moran likes to put it. So, um, but yeah, I think in all the, the physicality of that game, like you had mentioned, was just, it was, it was the whole weekend, to be honest, you know, it was the same way in the Tennessee game. And I think coach Moore mentioned that in her, um, comments later is just different officials. You don't know how it's going to play, um, get called. And it was, it was really physical, um, on both ends. I thought that was an interesting comment, Kathy, from a college coach. Because there's got size things I used to hear high school coaches talk about. Like, wait, we want to go play. Like, we're from Northwest Indiana, so we were used to some of the officials we saw up here. We'd like to maybe get some officials from Central Indiana because you didn't know who you were going to see in the tournament because the IHSA assigned them. Yeah. I thought that was a really interesting comment from a college coach to make that to say that because you just get so used to you know when you work when you're playing in the Big Ten or where you're watching Big Ten teams or SEC teams, you tend to see a lot of the same officials. And I don't know some of the female the the women game officials by names like you'll watch a men's game and you'll see a couple of some of those individuals you'll be like oh yeah there he is like gene steratore was a great example yes. you know gene steratore gene's yep. on the Ted game you know? yeah exactly but yeah so i don't <laughs> know him like that but you'll see him be like yeah she they've had our game before you know so i really thought that was an interesting comment that a college coach also thinks that way yeah i did too um 
and, and you know, it actually makes a lot of sense, you know, because they don't all, all, you know, call it the same way. And this one was way more physical, I think, than what we have seen so far this year. And I, I thought the Tennessee game was as well. Um, any other pivotal plays, Jeff, that um, comes come to mind for you that you want to talk about with the game or just any general themes that we haven't touched on? I, I, again, I, I thought one thing here as well, the physical play, like you said, but there were, then, again, then it would be frustrating because, again, I was watching on the live stream uh, with no announcer, but it just seemed like there'd be some touch fouls or there'd be a, almost a phantom foul. And, it, and yes. sometimes it seemed like those fouls were going on IU more than they were Princeton. I'm not trying it to be did. a total Homer here, but it just seemed like you get some of that. And, and unfortunately it seems like Sydney's the one who always seems to be in the wrong place. And, you know, yeah. Sydney and, and Sydney only ended up, she ended up with four fouls. Four mm -hmm. I think it was, yeah, four fouls. And, and she ended up with seven points and she had three rebounds to assist. But I just felt like Sydney never got into a rhythm because she, I thought she was spending a ton of time. She had yeah. two fouls in the first half. And I made a comment, I think it was on the Discord, you know, with uh, the fans following yesterday that um, I was a little surprised Coach Morton actually brought her back. Yep, in the second too. quarter with two fouls. So, but it just mm -hmm. seems like right now Sydney always seems to be the one that gets those kind of fouls, and we really can't afford Sydney to be the person on the bench. You know, like I said yesterday, she only got twenty four minutes, and most of that was because of the foul trouble. Yeah, yeah, and you know, definitely in that second half, they were swapping her in and out, taking her out on defense and putting her back in on offense. But um, interesting, during one of the timeouts, I think it was after her fourth foul, um, she went over and talked to one of the officials. And we could actually hear the official tell her, you're moving too late. You're about a half a step too late. You're sliding over and you're still moving when the, the offensive player is coming. And so I think that's something hopefully Sydney will take back with her to, mm -hmm. to kind of work on is her lateral movement has to just be a little more crisp. And I think that's what seems to be leading to her foul. So it's something I think we can keep an eye on going forward, especially, you know, now that we heard an official tell her. Like, mm -hmm. this is why you got called on that foul. You slid over too late. I, I think that's something we'll have to keep an eye on. So um, I agree, though. Uh, you know, they would – you you had such rough um, play underneath the basket, but then you'd have – you know, I think, like, at one point, Chloe Moore McNeil got <laughs> called for some, you know, reach-in foul that – how that was a foul and all the other underneath the basket wasn't, that's what it gets difficult. I think for me with the officiating, when it's not consistent, you have under the basket is one thing. And then out on the perimeter, you get different calls. And yes, it was a little lopsided in the first quarter for sure. I think at one point it was like six Indiana fouls to only two on Princeton. And it was just as physical on either end of the floor. So it was a little lopsided in the first half, but I think it got better in the second half. Um, okay. So I think that Sydney was something we talked about in our preview show was her fouling. And it's unfortunately still an issue, I think, for her and things we'll have to keep watching as we go forward. I agree. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on to another segment. We're adding kind of back in um, to what we used to do, and it's now um, notable numbers. So we'll talk about some of the statistics really around the team angle. So, Jeff, why don't you start us off with a team statistic that you want to talk about? Well, I'll go right to what you talked about. You, you, Coach Morin refers to it as sharing the sugar. And yesterday, again, 20 assists on 28 made baskets. And, and so you're getting basically three out of every four baskets are being assisted. And I, I to me, that just is an outstanding number. And not that this is a team that's ever really been a great one-on-one -on -one team or Coach Moore is necessarily looking for one-on-one -on -one play, but just the fact that when you make a play and make a pass – and to get that assist, you either got to be setting somebody up really close to the basket 
or they've got to finish well around the basket, which is where Matt comes in. Or sometimes you're just getting a little bit of luck. I mean, somebody puts up a shot that goes in, you know, maybe they get fouled on it or, or, or maybe they, you know, they put up a shot at the shot clock and the shot clocks run down, but you made the pass to them and it goes in. I mean, so, but still 20, 20 assists on 30, on 28 made baskets, I, I, that stat. And again, this is something we routinely see from this team and this program, but it just is to me, I thought I really wanted to start on that tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're definitely sharing the ball, moving the ball around. You know, we, we could, you could really see that, I think, um, just really nice crisp plays and um, for the most part. So what also helped with that is a number I wanted to talk about, which was three-point shooting. We shot nine of 18, so 50% from three-point. And Sarah Scalia by herself was five of nine. Um, so over 50% from Sarah on three point shooting. And that is just huge. And I know we were a little concerned after the Stanford game with how cold they were, but I think we're seeing, hopefully that was the anomaly for us this, this season because their three point shooting. And it wasn't just Sarah. We had, you know, four different people shoot, make three pointers, um, in the game. And so, really just outstanding shooting that also helps with the assist number, you know, when Mac can throw it out to Sarah and you feel confident that Sarah at least half the time is going to make that three point shot. And that really just keeps things open for McKenzie. You know, I remember Lisa Bluter, I think the Iowa coach last year talked about, you know, in a preview of the first uh, matchup between Iowa and Indiana talked about how hard it is to guard Indiana now because McKenzie has things opened up for her because we've had shooters that, you know, we've gotten in last year between Sarah even Chloe and Sydney in particular in Yarden, um, it really opens things up for, for McKenzie and keeps that, that middle open for her. So that was another stat that on the positive side, I thought we definitely needed to talk about tonight. Yeah. Now I'm going to go to the negative. Um, and, and I'm not trying to be, you know, Johnny, you know, Johnny down always here. something to work on, <laughs> but well, but you look at three, th three things here, second yep. chance points, fast break yep. points, bench points. We got not just did we get outscored, we got shut out. Second chance points were eight to nothing, fast break points were 15 to nothing, bench points were 13 to nothing, uh, all in favor of Princeton. And and we still won by 13. If you would have told if you would have told me before the game that was going to happen and we'd win by 13, I would have been like, let me go to the casino with you because you got some you got some you know, some <laughs> magic there. But um yeah, and and I want to point this out too, kind of the same thing about those bench points. The bench for the first time yesterday, I felt like the bench was very unproductive. Yeah. Um combined the four players off the bench, I think I had it as two rebounds, two assists, and mm -hmm. and I believe a steal in that uh, that was all yeah, they didn't give us any points mm -hmm. yeah didn't give us any points didn't give us really anything at all you know lexi played 19 minutes but other than and uh, it just yep. they were not productive minutes from the bench yesterday no absolutely you know and we were texting about that afterwards you know it's unfortunate in a, in a game like this too because you know it just seemed um i thought lene in particular it just seemed a little fast for her all weekend she didn't play a whole lot in that tennessee game either but she she definitely this is the first time i felt like lene it was too fast for her and she's she's gotten you know She's definitely had some freshman um, vibes for me this weekend. Um, and then you had Jules, Juliana Lamandola, who came in with um, six minutes. You know, she had one really fantastic rebound. And otherwise, mm. she just came in and kind of gave some some rest to um, to Sydney and because of her foul trouble as well as to um, McKenzie as well. But 
um, yeah, our our bench just really didn't do a whole lot for us uh, in terms of offensive production. I, I do have to say, um, Lexi, though, I thought her defense was really pretty good. You know, I thought, you know, that's why she got those 20 minutes off the bench. She came in and I thought on the defensive end, she was there. She needs to catch up on the offensive end and we need to be able to get some more from her. I feel like a little more consistently. And I think it's there. And I know um, that she's been working on it. It's just not quite there yet. But defensively, I thought Lexi looked really good. Yeah, it's hard to tell on the video, but I thought, you know, again, I thought she was giving some solid stuff there. Obviously, Coach Morin yep. thought so. She played her 19 minutes, but this was another one of those games where, you know, we kind of, and again, they were needed, but, you know, they were, you had four players who played 30 plus minutes, three of them played 35 plus. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah put in 38 minutes for us. Almost played the whole game. So um, one other one is um, some, the number that I thought we should talk about is rebounding. That was a point of emphasis from the coach coming into the the weekend. And I believe they out rebounded Tennessee, if my memory is correct. Yes. Um, but they got out rebounded here by Princeton 34 to 30, um, which leads into one of your numbers that you're talking about with the second chance points with, we just didn't have any, you know, we didn't have enough. We had four offensive rebounds. Um, and again, when you're shooting, you know, 50% from three point um, and uh, 52% from the field, it's okay, but you, we're not going to have nights where we're putting up those kind of shooting numbers all the time. And so we've got to figure out a way, I think, to just be more aggressive on the on the boards. But what are your thoughts on rebounding? Well, I, the flip side of that is Princeton had 11. 11 of their 34 rebounds yeah. were on were on the offensive end. That again, I realize they missed more shots, but you can't you, you can't be giving up 11 offensive rebounds. That that that's still one of those, you know, as Sean pointed out in the workaholics, you know, the team rebounding is still a work in progress. But I think it also goes back to you just because you have an all-American center, you can't expect her to do all your rebounding. The yeah. guards especially have to dig down and get some boards. Yeah. And they did a little bit yesterday. Yarden, yeah, Sarah had seven rebounds, which you know she was second on the team. the team. Yeah. But but Chloe had three. And then, like you said, um Lene had one and Jules had one. But I just, yeah. you know. I think Mac Sydney being in foul trouble really hurt us on the boards too, because she seems yeah. to be a big rebounder for us. And then when you only can play her 24 minutes, I think that probably hurt us quite a bit too. Yeah, I would agree with that. <clears throat> um, any other team stat that you want to talk about? Now, Kathy, I just want to get your thoughts about the second quarter real quick because, again, kind of a, a, a 25 to 13 second quarter where we had had a pretty good first quarter, but only ended yeah. up five. Just maybe give us your thoughts since you were there live watching the game. That second quarter, what kind of stood out to you from that quarter on that 25 to 13 segment? Yeah. Gosh, I don't know that anything in particular stood out to me other than the fact that I just think that they really moved the ball um, really, really well. And the, the first half in total, but the, definitely in the second quarter and just our shooting was just crazy. We were 10 to 12 from the field in that second quarter. It's 83%. Mm. You know, um, when you're shooting like that, I guess maybe we shouldn't get so picky about rebounds. But um, again, you're not. we're not going to have nights all the time where we're going to be shooting that that well. But to me, I think we just had really good ball movement and really good shot selection on the offensive end that allowed us to go up there and again defense like what did you say we held them to 13 points in that quarter yep. is that yep. what you said yeah 13 points so i think it was just a good combination you know when you have you're firing up um that kind of shots and making them 25 points and then holding them to only 13 um especially their two best players right we were really expecting chen and um Saint and State Rose to to put up some numbers, and they they did eventually get to double digits. But that first half, 
Um, we really held both of them, I think, to three and four points respectively. Um, right. So a lot of that to me, I think, was Chloe's defense on Caitlin Chen in particular. Hey, a shout out, though, to, to the Mitchell girl for Princeton. She put up a double-double yesterday. I did not realize how many rebounds she had. To, I just now started looking at the stat sheet. 11 points. It wasn't a huge number of points for her. She had 16 rebounds. And I thought she yeah. was giving us some trouble, especially in the second she half. Did. But I did not realize the numbers she was putting up. She had three blocks and three steals as well. So there was, she was not somebody we talked about in the preview. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we had talked about Belker and Chen and St. Rose. Yeah, she was very aggressive, and I think we we had some trouble with her physicality in particular, and that's, again, a theme we've kind of talked about is athleticism and some physicality, and I think that's where, um, where Ellie Mitchell really turned it on in that second half. She was a lot more physical coming out of halftime with us, and um, that led to 16 rebounds for her. Yeah, definitely had some trouble with her. Um, any other notable numbers on your mind? No, those were the ones I really wanted to hit as well. Yeah, 14 turnovers, by the way, but yes. Yeah, which doesn't <laughs> seem okay. bad when you're forcing 13, but I just no. thought some of our turnovers were sloppy. Yeah, I agreed. So, well, good. Well, with that, maybe it's time we'll jump into game ball where we'll start talking about probably some more individual stats. So, yeah. Jeff, why don't you go first? Who do you have on your mind for game ball tonight? Uh, I'm going to go with Sarah. I mean, yeah. Sarah put up, you know, again, we kind of were talking text about this. I said this in the text yesterday that uh, with you and, and, and Ari, that this was the Sarah, that was the game. That I think a lot of us thought we were going to see from Sarah the moment she arrived on campus. That was the kind of game she had yeah. at Minnesota. It was the kind of game she had against IU in Assembly yes. Hall when she was playing at Minnesota. <laughs> you know, but you know, you look at her numbers. Uh, she shot about fifty percent. She was three of three at the line. She was ten for seventeen overall. Five of nine from three, as you said earlier. Twenty-eight points, seven rebounds, five assists, two steals in thirty-eight minutes. I'm I, I'm going with Sarah on my game ball today. Yeah, that was an easy one for me, too. Um, And I guess I should have (laughs) said at the beginning, too. So Garzon has had two now. Um, Sydney Parrish won. um, Mackenzie Holmes won. And now Sarah, this takes her to two game balls. So, you know, in... It's hard when you're talking about McKenzie and, you know, she puts up a 20-point game and almost another double-double with with her and she got to 2,000 points. So, you know, definitely an honorable mention for her, I think, for, for, for game ball. But, you know, 28 points, 5 of 9 from three-point shooting. Um, made all of her free throws again. I think she's only missed one free throw, Jeff, all year. Um, just she's automatic when she goes up to the line. So, you know, just a reliable and, you know, not just from three point, what I really have started enjoying a lot with, with Sarah is, um, how she's driving the ball too. Like mm-hmm. she's really aggressive going to the basket as well at times. So I think her game is just, um, way improved from last year, from what we were seeing from her. She, I think she's a lot more comfortable in the system. She's got her confidence back. She's knocking her shots down. I, I've loved what I've seen from Sarah almost all year, but what we saw yesterday was, was bang on. Yeah. Cool. Well, with that, let's move on to the Grace Burger hardest worker. Um, so before we jump into um all the numbers. Let's talk a recap of who we've had so far this year. So Lexi Bargasser has had two. Lene Beaumont has had one. Lily Meister one. And Mackenzie Holmes one. So Jeff, who do you have for your Grace Burger Hardest Worker Award tonight? Well, I, I even though sometimes you try not to think of a starter in this one or somebody who scored 20 points for the hardest worker, but I, I'm going to go with Mackenzie here. 20 points, eight rebounds, four assists, 
two blocks in 36 minutes. And as we mentioned already, she goes above 2000 points, but just, I really thought she was, she took, you know, it was a battle in there. And I thought that she was working her tail off and I thought she did a very good job. She, she left a few, she missed some shots. We're so used to her hitting, but I thought she did a nice job of playing a pretty physical game without getting in foul trouble. And, and, and that's in a game like that would have been a huge big break for them if Mac had. So I'm going to go with Mackenzie Holmes here for my, for my hardest worker of the game. Yeah. So um, the other person I, I, I'm going to go with McKenzie as well for a lot of the same reasons that you talked about. Um, in addition to why I'm voting for McKenzie is just, again, how hard I can see her now in, in person working mm -hmm. <laughs> down low has just given me a, just a completely different perspective on watching how she's working when she doesn't have the ball. Um, but the fact that she made really great adjustments after coach Moore and pointed them out to her, you need to be faster McKenzie when you're, you know, before the double team comes move and her footwork in that second half in particular, I thought just really um, came alive. Um, but I do want to give a huge shout out to Chloe McNeil. So Chloe, I think defensively was the biggest reason why Chen had so few points in that first half. So um, I, I think defensively, if we were talking about only defensive hardest worker of the game and not just the full game, um, I would hands down give it to Chloe. She was really spot on with her defense today, but um, it was kind of hard with, with Chloe um, with the four turnovers and she only had nine points. I would just like to see her when the game is maybe um, – not quite where, you know, we can't always, again, rely on Sarah and McKenzie. I would like to see Chloe be a little more aggressive on the offensive end. Oh, so I agree. Um, yeah. So for me, she gets honorable mention, but um, I think, yeah, let's give our hardest worker to, to McKenzie again. So that gives her her second hardest worker um, for the year. So Jeff, um, that gets us through everything for this game, but are there any other last minute thoughts about or takeaways from the Princeton game that you want to talk about? before we get just, into what's going up next. I just think this weekend was a heck of a weekend for the women. I thought that they played two really good teams and came away with two really good wins that will should look fairly decent, if not even really good, on the resume for the tournament come uh, February, March. Um, I think that um, it really kind of takes that sour taste out of the mouth that we had out from Stanford. And and now you look at and I would think I would think after those two wins, you'll see IU bump back up in the polls a little bit here um, with that. Uh, but yeah, I just think just, you know, a really good bounce. I hate to say bounce back for a team that's still in the top 25, yeah. but I really felt like it was just, and even coach Morin said this, Kathy, that she felt, she feels like their toughness level is trending now in the right direction. Right. And I think that's, that's a huge part of what they got out of this weekend. Absolutely. I think we're, you know, the, the thing we've been kind of questioning all this year so far has been their defense, which is kind of along that same thing. You want to play great defense. You have to have great toughness. And I saw it ratcheted up this weekend um, for sure, both games. And yeah, it, it also helps us. And, you know, I do agree with coach Moore and I think Princeton's going to be ranked. If not this week, I think they're definitely ranked at some point in the year. Tennessee is ranked already and they knocked off Oklahoma yesterday, another ranked team. So just really two great resume wins as well. Not to mention it's just great for our confidence. We went down and we took care of business. Um, Again, like I think the big lingering question, if we're going to talk about lingering question, is our bench play again. Yep. Like just it's back to that again. And somehow we have to figure that out. 
Um, and the one thing we didn't really talk about as well that is still a concern is how do we stop the dribble penetration? Because to mm. be honest, it wasn't just the press. We talked about the press, but the way Princeton really got back into that game was not by shooting a bunch of threes. It was by Chen or um, one of their other perimeter players just driving the ball on us. And we knew it. Every time they gave her the ball, she was going to drive. And it was just getting right past a lot of our perimeter defense. And so we've got to figure that out sometimes. So. Any other thoughts on this game or the weekend in general? Nope. I think I've got mine between the Tennessee post game show and this one. All right. Sounds good. Well, let's move on to what's next in terms of upcoming games. Our women will be playing Maine on Wednesday, November 30th. That game will be tipping at seven Eastern six central and will be on ESPN plus. Um, this is going to be a homecoming game for McKenzie. Um, and in terms of history, IU is 2-0 all times versus the Black Bears. The last time they played was in 2004, which was an Indiana victory, 67-59. to Currently, Maine is 4-3 for the season. They just were out here, actually in my, my neck of the woods in Des Moines, um, at Drake playing a tournament over the holiday. Um, in that um, tournament, they lost to Richmond and then defeated um, Louisiana Tech. And then today, they lost to Drake. 56 to 72 to finish that tournament out. So Jeff, do you want to talk about the coaching and any of the players? Yeah, I'll go. I'll take it through on the kind of the scouting report. Head coach Amy Vashon, her sixth season full time. She actually spent the season before the prior season to when she uh, as an interim. She was named the interim coach, and she actually had finished out the year before that. So I'm not quite sure how they do that and with their record keeping, but they list this as her sixth full season, um, and she's 132 and 70 overall. She's a former player for the black bear. So she was somebody who, you know, had played at Maine, came back now to coach and is the head coach. Um, their one thing is they've struggled to score at times. They've only, they're only averaging about 57 points a yeah. game. Uh, their two best players, Adriana Smith is a six foot junior forward. She was the America East player of the year last year. Um, where she averaged 20 points a game as a sophomore, 9.8 rebounds, 3.3 assists, shot 49%. Her freshman year, she was more of a much more of a role player, only averaged about seven minutes a game. But so far this year, scoring is down. She's only around 11.3, but she's averaging 11 rebounds and three and a half assists. So her other numbers are right where they were last year. The other one, and this is the one that intrigues me a little bit, is Ann Simon, 5'9", graduate, senior plus guard, whatever you want to call her. She's kind of in her last year of eligibility. Two years ago, she was the America East Player of the Year and the Defensive Player of the Year, but she missed about half of last season. Um, and not sure why. I was trying to do a little digging. Couldn't find much more than, you know, than she was out on an injury. Uh, but career-wise, she's a 14-point-a-game scorer, five rebounds, two assists, two steals. And so far, before today's game, uh, she was averaging 16 points a game, uh, six and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, two steals. So those are the two you're really going to keep an eye on. They're the two that probably are going to get most of the, the 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 sets and stuff run for them. But again, I, I don't take them lightly. This is a team that has been in the America East Tournament Championship game, I think, the last five years in a row. And and since Vish and Coach Vashon's been there, they've made at least two NCAA tournament appearances. So this is this again. They're not in power five, and, and they're probably not even considered a mid-level Division one. But don't overlook them at home, and they're going to be a lot of McKenzie, a lot of family and friends for. McKenzie, like you know, feel somewhat maybe like a home game for IU at points. They're going to be a lot of red, but you also know Maine's looking at this as an opportunity to knock off a top 20 team. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think, you know, they're going to come in and be uh, afraid of us at all on their, well, close to their home court. It's not, is it on main campus or is it about, is it important? It's actually important. The game's going to be in Portland. Yeah. I think. yeah. That's what I thought. So it was about two hours, I think. From I don't Warren. know that part. I know that Mackenzie grew up around the Portland area, I think. So yeah. I think that's why they're playing down there. I think so too. So, so yeah, I know we talked to, to Lenny Holmes earlier this year in the off season. He had mentioned they were already looking at trying to bust people in yeah. <laughs> for that game. So, oh, by the way, honorable mention to the crowd, the Indiana crowd down in Fort Myers. Um, it was good. It was a really great showing. And I, I kind of expect to see a lot of the same thing here up in Maine with all of Mackenzie's supporters and followers from there coming and, and, and supporting the whole team. So, um, I think there'll be a, a nice sea of red. So yeah, it was, um, I, I think that hopefully we'll be able to just go in and take care of business here. What I think is going to be intriguing, like you said, they don't put up a whole lot of points and now they're going to be coming in against our defense. So I expect we should take care of business on this, but, um, We'll be interested again to see how Ann Simon does with, you know, being that, that the guard and how yeah. I, I haven't seen her play. So I'm not sure if she's athletic. Is she going to drive on us again? Are we going to be able to stop her and things like that? So overall, I think this is a game we end up winning. Um, mm -hmm. But yes, I don't think, again, we should just um, kind of like Princeton, just because they're not in a power five conference, don't just expect that you'll um, come in and walk all over them. You need to be ready to go. Cool. Anything else on that? Or nope. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. So, like we mentioned, um, that main game is on Wednesday, November 30th. Um, Thursday. 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 Okay. Thursday, November 30th. Um, so Jeff and I will be on in a true post-game fashion this time. So right after the game is over, we will go live and, and give you guys a post-game wrap-up. So hopefully you'll be around to, to join us on that as well. We may um, have to work that out with AC with the simply call a little bit, but our plan is to be on right now yes. with a post-game show live. Yes, we may just have to be a little faster. So, um, yeah, we're, we're hoping to do one live. If not, we'll figure it out. Um, Hope, if, about, that game's going to end about the time they normally come on. So it's going to be you know, so maybe we may Jared, have to negotiate with Jared. Yeah, we're going to have to negotiate a little bit. <laughs> yes. So um, speaking of a Simply Call, they will be on, on Thursday night at some point, too. So keep an eye out on their, their Twitter feed or on Substack or wherever you follow all of us for information there. So speaking of that, if you want to do the see us do the show live, be part of our live chat. Um, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at Back Home Network. That's a little different than it was a few weeks ago. It's not Assembly Call anymore. So search for at Back Home Network. You can also be part of our private community. You can go to assemblycall.substack.com and find out more if you want to join our private community. Um, special thanks to John Ringer of Riggs Design for designing all of our logos. Big thank you to Bob Thompson for the music that you heard us play throughout the broadcast. And most of all, thank all of you for being with us live or listening after the fact. We appreciate all of you. Got to meet a couple of you in Fort Myers. So if you ever have the opportunity to come and meet Jeff and I, um, absolutely would love the opportunity. We love meeting new people. So please reach out to us anytime. Um, and then we'll be back to talk hoops with you again on Thursday, hopefully. <laughs> so until then, keep your elbow in, your eyes on the rim, and let's go Hoosiers. <laughs> 
All right. Well, good, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, let's talk about Thursday and see if we can uh, get a half an hour after the game from, from Jared before they go live with assembly call. Maybe they can uh, delay a little bit for us. Maybe they'd be better <laughs> if they just went to Friday. I think the men play Friday night, so they might yeah. appreciate not having to do two in a, two in a row either. So, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, we'll get a hold of let's, let's text with Jared and stuff and see where we're at. Also, I was trying to create a watch page today for some of that stuff. So I'm trying to get him to um, share one with oh. me so I can get into it and, and yep. share with us actually. So, you know, because I was right. trying to create some for the Substack today, but we're, we're still figuring that out for some of you. We're trying, we're trying to, you know, make our way through Substack and get more content there and, yes. and let you guys know stuff about doing the work. Yep. All right, Jeff, I think I'm going to get out of here and go relax for a little bit before I hit the sack. So don't blame you, Kathy. You've had a busy weekend. I'm glad you had to, you saw those two though. It sounds like you saw a couple of good ones. We did. Yeah. And meeting a couple of people and um, a lot of, a lot of Indiana fans. And I got to meet a lot of the family and then Sean's sister lives close to there. So we had dinner with her and her, her fiance last night and stuff too. So it was just all around a good weekend, but it was a little weird. You know, yesterday I was sitting on the beach in the afternoon and then today I came home to about three inches of snow. So yay. Yeah. It's been cold. The wind's picked up here too. So (laughs) yeah. Bitter. So So. Kathy, enjoy the rest of your evening. I will talk to you Thursday. Sounds great, Jeff. Take care. See ya. Bye.